Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. As we continue in our study of the book of Matthew, this is going to be kind of our last message before we head into uh, speaking of the birth of Christ and all that uh, that entails and uh, until the new year. Um, And uh, as we've been looking in this particular section, Jesus has been uh, saying over and over again, he's coming back. He's coming back. And uh, the implications of him coming back. I realize that um, most of this life is, is people assume that he's not coming back. Uh, they worry about weather and economies, and uh, we were just talking about our our roof. How, how, how's your roof doing? Is everyone anyone have leaks in their roof? You know, and so so. Uh, you know, if uh, if you know that. Uh, the Lord's coming back in the next five years. You, you don't worry about a 30-year roof, okay, unless, unless you uh, don't know Him. And so uh, there's implications. There's implications to the fact that the Lord is going to return. And this morning, we're going to look at a, a parable that, that speaks of, that Jesus shared about His return, about His return. And uh, it's maybe one that you're familiar with and hopefully... Uh, we can clear up some maybe fuzziness to that and also encourage our hearts as we look to Him. It, it's so great to, to see uh, family and friends in for the holidays. And I realize that uh, lots is still going on. I know some of you are struggling with illness and you're struggling with uh, life decisions. I know others uh, just happy to have their kids home from college. I know people are coming and going. I know that uh, some are expecting babies. All right, Shanna, you with us? You know, right on. Uh, some even were fearful of the weather, and they went down to be near the hospital. And like, this is exciting things. And I realized that in all these things, uh, we need relationship with Christ. And so we look to His Word. We look to the story of Jesus. Uh, we look to the record that we have of the history of the things that Jesus has said, even this morning. So. If you're in Matthew chapter 25, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you starting in verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To the one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Uh, he, he who re- had received the five talents uh, went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master uh, of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he went, uh, he had the, res- I'm sorry, start again in verse 20. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you have delivered uh, to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, you have been faithful over little. I will set you over much and enter the joy of your master. 
And he also, uh, he also who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you have delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his, an- his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, You knew that I reap where I uh, had not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, has will be given more. And he who have abundance and he will have abundance but from the one who has not even that will be taken away and cast this worthless servant into outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth god we ask your blessing on your word this morning we ask for clarity Uh, we ask for impact we ask that you would change us that you We ask that you would uh, motivate our soul uh, to long for the the time when your son Jesus will come, when the church will be gone, to be with him forever. God, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. may be seated. Hopefully this passage will help us gain perspective on what's going on this week, this month, this year, next year, who knows. As we look at this passage, maybe you're very familiar with it. Uh, You have uh, a master coming to his servants, and there's three servants in this passage, and the master comes, and this story of this master, Jesus connects even to the parable of the ten virgins. And even prior to that, um, where he talked about the, his coming, no one knowing the day or the hour. The parable of the ten virgins was, was the idea of being ready and, and not you know, having preparations made and knowing that this is the most important thing, and so you are ready. And then knowing the day and the hour, we always try to, we struggle with, when is he going to come? When is he going to come? And he says, no one knows. Uh, and so as we come to this, we come to this passage, it's another uh, parable, another story that he connects the coming of his kingdom and Jesus himself coming. And he says, it will be like, and he, he says, I want to give you a picture of what it's going to be like. And he says, it's like a man, it's like a man who takes his wealth and he's going to go on a long journey. And before he uh, goes on this long journey, he comes in his preparation for this long journey, he goes to his servants. He calls three of his servants and entrusts to him his property. You can imagine this. Uh, maybe uh, 
it's maybe in our day today, it's like financial planners. Uh, it, it, it's the idea of sitting down and saying, I have this wealth and I want to entrust it to you. I, I want to point out that this passage is not one of the, the master giving his money away. That's a different deal. That's a different story. That's a different picture. It's entrusting it. He takes his wealth uh, and he hands it over to three individuals. Uh, like I said, maybe the picture of financial advisor. You realize, uh, maybe some of you have a financial advisor. Um, some of you are saying, I dream of one day having a financial advisor because that would imply me having some finances. Uh, uh, it, that idea, and, and when you finally have some money, if you have... You don't just want to entrust it to anybody, right? You realize that, that you've worked hard for that money. It's taken time. And so to, to hand that money over to anyone uh, isn't something that any of us would want to do. It's interesting in this passage that the master takes three. He hires three financial advisors, financial servants, I was going to say, connecting a few things. Um, and as we look at this, realize this. Uh, the picture here is that of spiritual gold, spiritual gold, uh, entrusting uh, you with spiritual gold. As we look at this, he, uh, he calls his servants, he entrusts to them his property. He, he doesn't uh, give his property away, it's still his property. Remember that, okay, it's important. And then it says, uh, verse 15 to one he gave five talents. Now let's talk about that word talents for a minute. Uh, talents. Uh, mo most of you, uh, when you hear the word talent, you think America's got talent or something like that. Or you think of a talent show. Um, have you ever been to those elementary school talent shows? Pretty rough. Pretty rough. Uh, they're, they're budding talent, but as for them, really... Yeah, anyways... Um, one or two of them. The yo-yo guy was really good. The yo-yo guy was really good. Um, but as you think about this word talent, it is not that kind of talent. I know quick, I, I've heard messages, maybe even preached messages like this, but it's not that kind of talent. A talent is a weight measurement that they used in biblical times. And so as we look at this passage, remember this, that it's a weight. It's a weight. And so what connects weight, it's uh, an amount of, uh, of property, amount of property, a weight of property, which most likely would have been gold, silver, or copper. Gold, silver, or copper. And so this talent, we don't know how much it would have been, but it would have been no small amount of money, no small amount of wealth. Even, even the one would have been significant, but the five, wow. And you go down from there. So you get this picture. It's a pile of money, a pile of money that the master hands over to these three servants, his financial advisors, if you will. And know this, uh, that he's handing over this spiritual gold. This is, not, uh, this is not about money. Some of us quickly run to the idea that, oh, uh, Maybe Jesus is talking about us being rich, uh, us being savvy with, with our finances, with the money. And, and I realize there is things about that in the Scripture. But know this, 
is nothing to Jesus. It's nothing. The biggest pile of gold is un, he's unimpressed with. Uh, he, when he hears billionaire, he goes, big deal. Big deal. Not impressed. And so as he entrusts that which is his, we realize that he's handing over spiritual gold. Notice too, in verse 15, he gave to one five talents, to another two, and to another one. Um, if you have siblings, if you have siblings right now, you read that passage, and what do you say? It's not fair. It's not fair. And uh, it's, it's more not fair the more siblings you have, by the way. You know, uh, you're always keeping score, right? How many did you get? How much ice cream did you get? How many scoops? Like, when did, how often? Like, there, there's a, the whole scorecard, and you, you, it's very important to, for it to be fair. Notice this, that Jesus shares a story. He made up a story to prove a point, and he, he, he didn't give them all the same. Let that sit with you for a moment. If you want to say that Jesus is unfair, this would be a good passage to use that. But know this, know this. It's very important that you hear that it is a different number each time. Just let that sit with you. Um, and if I can kind of let you in just a touch of where I'm going with this. Um, it's his money, right? It's his property. And does Jesus have to be fair? It's his. And the idea of giving the same amount to each one is that best? Think that through. Let, let that sit with you. I, I know we struggle with this in our, in our world today. Is it fair that some have more money than others? Is it fair that uh, some people uh, get sick and others don't? Is it fair that some live here and some live over there? Is it fair? Is it fair? Is it fair? And we get so hung up on that that we forget this one thing, that it's not ours to decide. And so we look at this passage and we see uh, that there's a difference. You, you see also a little bit of a glimpse of the story of uh, Jesus' thinking behind this, the Master's thinking, to each according to his ability. The, the idea of capacity too, right? The, the idea that, that some are able to handle more than others. This is true all the time. And this is why it's important not to compare yourself to your brothers or sisters, to the people who live next to you, to the Joneses who live down the street, to, to the people. It's not good to compare. Why? Because God has a, a particular relationship with you. He knows you. He made you. He, he understands you. He knows your abilities, capacities. He knows what's best for you. So you see uh, Jesus, or the Master, goes, he takes, he, he's going on a journey, he takes his property, he entrusts it to his three uh, at differing amounts, these talents that are not talents like singing and dancing, um, playing baseball, but they're weight of money, gold, silver, copper, it's a significant and it's according to ability. It's according to ability. It's not uh, all uh, along the same lines. 
So that was his prep for his journey. As he was preparing, this is what he did. He entrusted this money. We then pick up the story. Uh, Jesus continues in verse 16, while away, while away. The master is away. He's gone. Uh, He's left his financial advisors, his people, to his stewards to take care of that money. While he's away, we see in verse 16 that the five and two traded for double. Five and two traded for double. These two, the first two uh, people that received the wealth of the master, they, through dealings and trading and business, they took the five and they doubled the money. You say, that's good business, by the way. It is. Um, Some of you, uh, sometimes we wonder about, uh, a good investment is when it gets larger, right? (laughs) Some of us have done the other kind, right? Done that a few times. Uh, So uh, the the one that had five and the one that had two uh, took the master's money and through business brought about a double, uh, double the amount that they had received. The third one had a different tactic. Uh, he looked at the sum of money that he had. Um, you see, in verse 18, it says, But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the, the ground and hid his master's money. It, it seems like um, a, a, maybe even a prudent thing to do. Maybe someone uh, can relate to this. They go, oh, I'm just nervous. I don't know what to do. So the, the whole digging the hole method seems like the best idea. At least when he comes back, I can hand him back his money. By the way, if you have a financial advisor, if you have a financial advisor and you entrust him with even a s- small amount of money and you come back 10 years later, and he said, how it did. He says, oh, here, I have your money. I, I give it back to you. Uh, you. You realize that that's not the point uh, over the long haul of what to do with money. <clears throat> so we come. Uh, we, we had the prep for the journey. Now, while away, this is what happened. And now we have the reckoning of the, with the master. Verse 19. It, it says that a long time had passed. Uh, a long time the master had been away, um, and he comes to his servants to settle the accounts with them. It's to come and now receive what has happened with his money. It's still his possession. And so he comes back, and you have the one with five and the one with two. Once again, they invested, and they traded, and they got double the money back. And And you have... Uh, the, the answer for the master in response to that, it's the same answer. In verse 21, it says this, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. You've done well. You've done well. I've given you this much. I've entrusted you with this much. Now I will entrust you with this much. I am joyful with you. I am happy with you. 
enter into, come with me, be with me. This is what happens when the master returns. That happened for the one with five. That also happened for the one that had two. And then it comes to the one who uh, just had one. And, and know this, this, this idea of getting more, getting more and getting more. You see that with the five and the two. So we now look at uh, the one who received one. Verse 24. He who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. The, the servant who had one, he looked at the master and he said, The master act like, acts like he owns it all. He, he doesn't ask people. He, doesn't, he, he is the one in charge. He's the one who grabs to himself. He doesn't think of himself as one who just owns a little, but owns it all. And so he went to the master and explained, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you had scattered no seed. Verse 25, So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. As we read that, most of us think that's a reasonable explanation, even a reasonable uh, way of dealing with things. Well, why isn't that a good thing? He, he explained why he, he made this foolish decision. At least he got his money back. He didn't blow it. And then we hear the, the shocking reckoning uh, of what happens. It, the fear drove him to do nothing. And Jesus, uh, or the master, says to him, verse 26, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew I reap where I had not sown, and you gather, I gather where I had not, not scattered no, no seed. And he says, then you should have invested my money with bankers. And at my coming, I should have received uh, what was my own with interest. And then it says, so take the talent from him. And give it to the one who has ten talents. Wow, what a response, right? That was the reckoning. The master comes back. Uh, he sees the one with ten and he says, great job, come in. This is what I wanted you to do. Come into my rest. Come into my joy. You're a joy to me. Uh, the two as well, the same response. Now the one, he, he doesn't lose the money, but he digs a hole, buries it, and he hands it back to him. And he says, you wicked and slothful or lazy slave. What have you done with what I've given you? And he takes it away from him. And then he concludes this message, uh, verses 29 and 30. The message concluded. For to everyone who has will be given, will, will more be given. And he who has an abundance and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness, into a place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What we see here, Jesus, as he's tying up this parable, he says, more to the one who has more. More to the one who has more. And for... For the one who doesn't do anything with it, it'll be taken away. It'll be taken away. And 
And judgment comes to that one. Judgment. As we look at this, uh, maybe the fairness thing in your own heart is welling up. Maybe you're a sibling and it's just part of you. And you just go, I just can't get it. I just can't get it. Let me help you get it. Let me help you get it this morning. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Uh, we don't know the day or the hour. He's all, already told us that two or three times. Uh, he's told us we won't know the day or the hour, but He's coming back. The Master's left. The Master's left. He's left us. He's granted us. He's, he's given us spiritual gold to differing degrees, to differing degrees. Uh, we don't all understand the, as much. Some of us have greater background than others. Others have different capacity. Know this, that He's given you something. He's given you something. The master's left. He's gone on a journey. He's going to come back. And it matters what happens when you come back. God has given his spiritual riches. He gives more based on, uh, uh, he eventually will give more based on what we do with it. He expects us to be good stewards, to want and pursue more. I think that's interesting that the, um, the idea of, of wanting to have more. Want, and, and it's easy to want to have more money, right? Uh, I know I struggle with being greedy, and I know a few of others of you here who struggle with being greedy. I won't point you out or anything like that. But uh, um, the idea of wanting more, that, that's some, but, but this is the idea of spiritual gold. It's the idea that, that God gives you a, a blessing of light and, and it's like, you know, oh, that's enough for me. Eh, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I'll go dig a hole, bury it. No big deal. He expects us to be good stewards and to want and to pursue Him more. And know this, this last part's very important, that rejection of this task represents rejection of Him. Rejection of this task represents rejection of Him. Okay? Very important. Let me give you three things just by way of review as we try to tie up this passage. And I realize that uh, this morning, this one maybe need to sit with for a while um, to consider uh, what it is. For, first of all, to just to reiterate, not everyone gets the same. God is sovereign over His spiritual riches. And, and it, He is right about His distributions. He's right about it. I think it's easy to look from side to side and compare and say, oh, they've received more. Oh, I don't know as much as them. I didn't have as great of a background. Yeah, I don't get it. And some people get, don't, don't worry about any of that. You have a relationship with God right here. He cares about you. And he's right about how he has granted and blessed you with spiritual riches. Number two, saving it for nothing is not pleasing to the master. Saving it for nothing is not pleasing to the master. Using it is. Using it is. And remember that it's still the master's. It's interesting uh, when... People talk about stewardship in the church. What do they think of? Saving money, right? Saving money. Getting it, you know, getting it together and not spending and being cheap sometimes, right? 
Uh, the one who dug the hole and buried it was the one who was considered a rejecter of the master. The idea of just saving it for nothing is not what God wants you to do with his spiritual riches. It's about using it. It's about making it increase and pursuing more, remembering that it's been given to you by the master. And lastly, to remember this, that the master is coming back. The master is coming back. Uh, it's this idea that as we have what he has granted us, his spiritual riches that he has blessed us with, to remember that he is coming back. That the master is coming back. And there's this reckoning that will happen. And it's not that we should live in fear of that, especially as the one did, but it's this idea that I want to take what he's given me, knowing that, that to use it and to be blessed by it and to gain more and to pursue more uh, is the desire of the master. There's two servants, really, in this passage. The servant who works it and continues to pursue what the, the master has given him and the servant who rejects it as i look at this passage i just want to encourage you with this you may be the one who the master grants five you may be the one who the master grants two but be like them in heart that you desire more that you're planning for that day when the master returns you may be one that just receives one but don't have the heart of that the, the one that received one was, he, he, he pushed it away. He says, I don't want to deal with it. I'll just dig a hole and go on about my happy life. Knowing that this isn't something for me. I, I want to tell you, do not reject the master's riches. But to increase them, to pursue them more. Please join with me in prayer as we uh, close our time this morning. God, um, God, I ask that you would help us. Uh, to consider what you have granted to us. I, I pray that as, as we look at this, that we would not consider it just something um, earthly, like riches or possessions, but that we would consider it that which you've granted us. And that our pursuit of you would be in light of the fact that you will return. Father God, thank you for your plan for us and your son. God, help us to embrace this plan. We thank you in Jesus' name.